I am an uncommon church builder. I am leading second. Hey everyone, I'm Brandon Stewart and welcome back to the Leading Second podcast where we're on a mission to raise up uncommon church builders and be the kind of leaders that our pastors would absolutely kill to have on the team. Well, hey, welcome to episode 24 today. Uh, So glad you're here. Can't even believe we made it this far. Episode 24, so excited uh, for this today. You know, what started out as a trial balloon several months ago uh, with the Leading Second podcast to see if anyone besides my mom would listen to this has turned into something that has listeners around the country, uh, around the world. And from the bottom of my heart, I just want to say today, we are so thankful for you. So thankful that you found this space and that you're engaging with us. So welcome to our tribe, especially if this is your first time tuning in today. Um, Hey, we have two episodes left for season one uh, after today before we take a break. Uh, for a little bit. And uh, next week, we'll have a break for Thanksgiving. We release the podcast every Thursday, and it's Thanksgiving here in the U.S. But the following week, I am so excited. I have an interview lined up. I don't want to spoil it yet, but an interview you're not going to want to miss. So make sure and stay tuned with us. And then coming up, the last episode for the podcast for season one is going to be a live recorded episode. In other words, we're all going to jump on a video call online and we're going to record the episode live with an Ask Us Anything episode. It's going to be an awesome night, Monday evening, November 26, 6 p.m. Pacific. You are invited to join us. I would encourage you to head to our social media and to RSVP so we can save your spot. And we can give you the login information for the evening. But it's going to be a fun night recording our final episode of season one, Monday evening, November 26th, 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, You're not going to want to miss it. So lots of fun things coming up as we wrap up season one of the Leading Second podcast. And so today I'm so excited to have with me a good friend, Pastor Pace Hartfield, the lead pastor of One Place Church in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. I'm so excited for you to hear from him. And we'll get there in just a minute. But before we get there, uh, every episode, we take a question from a listener of the Leading Second podcast uh, who's connected to us on social media or emails and a question. And this week we had a question come in over social media that I wanted to address uh, before we get into our interview today. We had this question uh, recently come in and, and the question was this, how do you own the vision of your lead pastor, heart and soul? when you have a vision for planting your own church one day? How do you own the vision of your lead pastor, heart and soul, when you have a vision for planting your own church one day? This question actually comes from a campus pastor. And I have to say, I appreciated the question very much. It's an honest question. And it's a question that uh, is vital that a campus pastor out there that's feeling this way, it's vital you get this right uh, in terms of your own future and what God will do in you and through you. Um, you know, I've always tried to treat in my own journey, 
I've always tried to treat every season I was in as if I was going to be there forever. In other words, uh, when I look back at what's been 17 years so far for me, a full-time ministry, it's come in different seasons. And I've, I've had different roles at times at different places. And um, I've always tried to treat every season as if I was going to be there forever. In other words, I've always just tried to go all in wherever I was. I figure that it's God's job to promote me, not mine. And it's God's job to move me, not mine. And so therefore, I can afford to just go all in heart and soul for the season that I'm in and maximize that season, trusting that if and when God has something else for me, he is well able to get us there. In other words, I think sometimes we start feeling the call. And maybe even if you want to use this word, we feel the anointing to do something. But just because you're anointed doesn't mean you're appointed to do it. I heard Christine Kane say that recently in a message. In other words, just because you have the call to do it and the anointing to do it doesn't mean it's the right time yet. And the best thing you can do is to go all in heart and soul for the current season you're in, maximize it, even if you won't be there forever. In other words, by having a heart and soul spirit, I wrote down a few thoughts for you. Uh, number one, you produce fruit. Uh, that'll serve as a launching pad for you for what's next. I think number two, you learn wisdom you wouldn't otherwise have if you maximize and go all in in your current season. You'll learn some things and you'll arrive in your next season uh, ready rather than getting there prematurely. Uh, number three, I wrote down, um, you may even see a couple things along the way you would do differently when you do have your own work or your own church. And I actually think that's okay um, because you're willing to go all in heart and soul for the season you're in. So it's okay just to tuck a little note in the way and say, you know what? I think I want to do that a little differently. That's okay. As long as you do it with the right spirit. Uh, number four, I wrote down, you gain credibility with people who will later support you. And number five, you create an environment where your pastor can champion and send you into your next season. Man, is there a greater thing we would want than to have our current pastor champion that next move, send us into that move if that was in your heart. So I just want to encourage you to do exactly what you're asking. Go all in heart and soul. And how do you do it? It's really simple. Really simple. I'll just have one thought for you. And that's this. You treat someone else's property exactly like you're believing for others to treat your property when you have your own church. In other words, sow the seeds now for exactly what you're believing for in your team later. Be the kind of team member your pastor would kill to have on the team while you're there. And mark my words, God will see to it that you are resourced with team members of your own in your next season that model that because you sowed that into someone else's vision. Treat someone else's property exactly like you're believing for others to treat your property if and when you have your own church or your next season. So thanks for the question. I hope that helped. It's a big question with a very short answer today. If you have a question you'd like to hear us discuss and answer right here on the podcast, I'd encourage you to head to the Leading Second Forum on Facebook and find us there, DM us your question, or send an email to leadingsecond at churchforward.co. And we would love to feature your question on one of our upcoming episodes. Well, hey, without any further ado, uh, I want to get into our interview today. So excited to welcome to the podcast my 
friend, uh, Pastor Pace Hartfield uh, from One Place Church in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Say what's up to everybody, Pace. What's up, B? Can I call you B? Can I call you B on the podcast? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, (laughs) Man, I'm so glad you're joining us today. I couldn't wait to have this conversation with you. Thanks so much uh, for jumping on here today. It's my honor, man. Happy to, to be a part. Hey, tell everybody a bit about you before we get going today. A um, bit about you, your family, uh, your church. I, I really love your story. I respect your story so much. So why don't you let everybody know who we're talking to today? Yeah, I am married to my college sweetheart, Sarah Hartfield. And we have, gosh, four incredible kids. Always a party when the Hartfields show up. Absolutely. <laughs> we bring the party. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. when we show up. It's definitely going to get louder and more chaotic. If nothing else, that's happening. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. We uh, moved to the Northwest a little over four years ago to plant One Place Church. And we knew one other couple, which was Sarah's sister and her husband. And we started our church with them in our living room. And we're passionate about seeing people rescued and united in Christ. And, you know, we're just doing all we can to make it hard to go to hell in the Northwest. So Absolutely. And I remember the day where you text me, you called us, let us know you were coming up. Uh, you were someone I had known maybe a bit more from afar and respected from afar. And we have so loved having you and Sarah in the Northwest and a part of our team of contributors for team church and, and man, we, we love having you guys in, in our world. Um, let everybody know too. It's interesting, um, where you served, uh, before pastoring, um, up here in Idaho. Yeah. Sarah and I were part of pastor Ed and Lisa Young's church in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Uh, incredible evangelistic life-giving church. And yeah, we moved to the Dallas Fort Worth area so that I could have finished my master's of divinity. A guy told me about this incredible guy named Ed Young, and I should go do anything he'd allow me to do. So the second day that I moved to Dallas, I found myself at Grapevine, uh, which is where their you know building is now. And they had just moved into it. I became an intern. Two months later, became the student pastor. And then from there, served almost 16 years in various roles from campus pastors to uh, creative director to overseeing all the other campuses and staff. So, so good. And, and my pastor and our church, I mean, we love pastors, Ed and Lisa, and they've been here many times uh, for our conference and weekends and whatnot. And, um, I always loved when you would tag along with them, uh, and your role seemed to change and maybe even get bigger every time. It's, (laughs) It's funny, man. Um, the team church family is a big part of how we ended up in the Northwest because I would travel with pastor Ed, uh, to, to be there. And I got to get an experience. Like my first trip to the Northwest, uh, was to the conferences out of champion center. And, uh, and I, I remember just hearing over and over again from pastor Kevin, uh, just a passion for this region. And, and so it's a big part of our story. It's a big part of how we ended up uh, getting here. I love it. And I'm thankful that you took the step of faith to start your church. And I think what I'd want everyone listening to hear today as we, you know, get ready to 
have a conversation is that you, Pace, have served successfully in both the second chair. Of course, this is the leading second podcast. And so you you spent a lot of years in a really um, fast-moving, growing environment where you shouldered a lot, no doubt, as a second chair leader to a great um, pastor. And now you find yourself, and I guess what we would call the first chair, just meaning you lead your own church. So you've been on both sides of this conversation. And I think I would just want everyone to hear that today as we're talking and give you permission to talk out of both of those seasons, because I think both both speak to this tribe that we're trying to build with leading second and give pr- proper perspective for that role, you know, you know, that we all play. So um, get us started, though. Tell us something. I, I just love to ask this question. I'm fascinated by this before we, I guess, get into anything super serious. Um, what is something unique about you or interesting about you that not a lot of people would know? Like, take us behind the veil a little bit with Pace Hartfield. Well, if you know me, you know this about me. But if you don't, you may, I don't know, you might be surprised by it. It's nothing like crazy. Um, But I am an avid outdoorsman. I absolutely love the woods and I absolutely love to fish. And so um, even in Dallas, I I found any pond I could find in a neighborhood, (laughs) (laughs) in the the concrete jungle, whatever could. Um, And I think a big part of that is, uh, you know, my roots of this being growing up in the South and around more rural air areas. I just love the outdoors, man. That's so good. And I guess you could say then that God really upgraded you when he moved you to Coeur d'Alene. No doubt about it. Because, <laughs> you know, you can definitely fish, hunt big game. Um, I mean, I could get really, really lost about five miles outside of town of Coeur d'Alene. I can get out in the middle of nowhere pretty quick. Yeah, you you live in one of the most beautiful parts of the country. No, you know, people don't know about. So, uh, absolutely. Okay, so as I was getting ready for this conversation, uh, I was actually in the middle of reading through uh, my pastor's Pastor Kevin Gerald's uh, book on the Proving Ground, and um, I was stuck in this chapter on the test of time and God's timing. And I just wanted to have a conversation today about God's timing. And about, um, you know, seasons as we all navigate um, our, maybe our younger and earlier years in ministry. And I just kind of wanted to sit in that lane here, I guess, for a couple minutes. So I have a starter question and let's see where this goes. But I would love to know, first of all, um, how you have handled moments in your life as a young leader um, when you didn't understand God's timing you know, where, where God's timing seemed like a bit of a mystery because I know we've all found ourselves in those situations. Yeah. I think that I, I still find myself at times, uh, not understanding God's timing. And the first thing that comes to my mind is, uh, this is going to sound maybe counterintuitive, but when I don't understand God, God's timing, I actually have learned and I'm learning to actually push into like what I would say is like the otherness of God. And, and so, for example, you know, um, the psalmist would say, who is like the Lord, our God? And and what this does for me when I don't understand God's timing 
is it actually puts me in a place of humility and it puts me in a place of submission. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's a, a, a thing that, you know, when, when things that I have charted out or, you know, felt like even things that he's shown me specifically, like this is a promise I have for you. This is, this is a dream I've placed in you. And those, those dreams don't la- you know, match up to the day. I just have to remember and push into his otherness and, you know, claim some scripture, Psalm 46. I will not be afraid. I'm going to embrace uh, who God is, you know, and I, with that, then fight to stay in alignment with him. And a daily prayer of mine is, God, would you just align my heart to what you're doing in my region and in the world? And, and as I've done that and daily submitted to that, the timing thing co- sort of um, works itself out in just making sure that I'm because um, what it helps me make sure I'm doing is I'm just being faithful to the opportunities putting in front of me now, you know? Yeah, that's that's so well said. And, um, you know, the test of time, as my pastor puts it, the test of time comes into our life to um, prove really not sexy words like patience, you mm. know, and, and perseverance and these words. And I think everyone listening today would go, you know, yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I think we've all found ourselves in these seasons. It doesn't make them any easier. You know, it doesn't doesn't make them go any quicker. And yeah. so now that you and I have a few years under our belt in ministry, I'm not going to call us old, uh, but now that we have maybe a couple more years under our belt and maybe some listening today, what would you say to a younger you about God's timing and about seasons that didn't seem to, you know, make sense at the moment? You know, I would I would just rush to say that uh, you want to, you want to be sure to not focus on what's next, but actually like really focus in on what's now, because we have a responsibility and also the opportunity just to steward what God has put in, in our hands. And I know like for me, I think this is true of everyone. The dreams that I have for what's next, they, they, they occupy or they live in the place of my heart that is romantic. And what happens when the press comes and when, you know, the delay comes and the hard time comes and the timing is off, what happens is our hearts, if we're not careful, will drift to the romantic. And what you can actually do is your dream, if you're not careful, can actually pull you away from your destiny by, by luring you out of being faithful right now. And, and understanding that God has placed you where he's placed you to prepare you for that dream, to ready you for that, that dream. And, you know, I know that in my life, like early on, you know, I, I know God put a, a, in my heart, a dream to pastor, to, to be a lead pastor. And that didn't come for a really, really long time. And what God dealt with me on was you know, I was saying, God, would you use me? I want to be used by you. And there's a part of me that was saying, I want what's next. And what I felt like God dealt with me on is like, how can I fully use you if you're not allowing me to fully use you where you are right now? You know, and so part of the dream that I placed in you involves you being faithful, leading under your pastor right now 
serving his vision. Um, not, not even from the side of, listen, um, it's just there to prepare you, but I have a purpose for you right now in this time for people to know Jesus. And I'm going to use you under the vision of this pastor and like get fully on board with that. You know, I, I think even sometimes people look at it like, you know, if there's a leader leading second. And they're like, oh, well, man, this is just a season of preparation. Yep. And I think you, in doing that, you can discount the now, you know, and the miracle of, um, listen, we're all just a part of the story God's writing. So the, the position at the end of the day is really not that important. You know, um, one, one thing I want to interject here into the conversation, um, about leading second that I think is really important, just that I want everyone to understand, I guess it's listening, is that we in no way, shape, or form, like you just referenced, we we don't view seasons where you serve someone else's vision as like insignificant or right. just a stepping stone to what's next. Like what I love about your story is that God took you from serving um, under you know, another leader and he gave you an opportunity to lead a church yourself. But I think what's, what's powerful and what we're trying to bring awareness to with leading second is that actually many more people will, will experience promotion and next seasons, but will still find themselves serving someone else's vision. And that's okay. We actually believe you can see God do everything he wants to do in and through your life and still be second. And to not create a dichotomy between those two things. So good. And so I just want everyone listening today just to just to hear that and to validate that. That um, but but having said that, I do believe that God has greater and greater places He wants to take you, maybe even within your context right now or within your team, um, in ways that He would want to use you. Uh, let me ask you this question, Pace. Um, what's the best thing you did? in a season where you felt like was maybe a little more obscure or a season maybe where you felt like I'm just really not, I'm not in my sweet spot yet. You know, I'm not, I'm not quite in the zone yet. I'm still in a season of preparation uh, or a season of maybe obscurity. What What's the best thing you did in that season looking back? You know, it's, it's funny because in a lot of ways, you know, I think I feel like I'm in a season of obscurity right now. I, I know me too, by the way. <laughs> and, and, and I think in that for me, um, I am just having to fight to keep my calling clear. And I know what God's called me and my family um, to uh, in the Northwest. And man, we're just fighting hell to see that come to pass, you know. And, and you know, I just think about that word um, obscurity, and and it means to be unknown, right? And I, I feel like in a lot of ways. Gosh, I mean, when I was in Dallas and the opportunity that I had serving under Pastor Ed and Lisa, maybe in some ways I was even more known than I am now. And what I have to do is I have to remind myself that I'm not doing this to be known. I'm doing this to make Jesus known. You know? and, and I think that's just a daily reckoning, you know. And so like sometimes when obscurity and, and I'm just shooting straight, it happens, you know, 
more than I'd like to admit. But when obscurity moves me into like like insecurity in my life, I have a choice of whether or not I'm going to allow that to push me uh, into where my security truly lies, which is in Jesus, or allow it to push me further into, you know, insecurity. What role you you mentioned insecurity? Uh, what's that been like in your life? I mean, has that been something that you feel like you've you've battled and wrestled through and? Yeah, you know, insecurity from the standpoint of um, a curse of knowledge, being a part of, listen, I, I the ministry that I had the opportunity to be a part of um, was was a big ministry. And, and, and just I got to see and experience and be a part of God doing some pretty amazing things. I got to see the the breadth of the global church because of the opportunities that Pastor Ed and Lisa gave me. And, and because of that, what, if I'm not careful, Brandon, this is what I'll do. I'll compare my now to the great things that I was a part of in my past. Wow. And, and it's just a, it's a weird thing because, um, I mean, here we are, we're four years old. We are into our new space. Um, God is like, we're in the middle of a miracle. It's a messy miracle. All miracles are messy, but like we're, God is doing incredible things. And if I'm not careful, my insecurity because of comparing wow. been a part of the past, I'll miss the celebration and I'll miss the miracle. And so when I talk about insecurity, I think it's even some of that. And it's at the end of the day, if it, what it is for me, it's pride of life, man. It's the pride of life. And you know, the enemy will tempt us in one of three ways, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. And I think oftentimes, you know, the pride of life is where I'm tempted the most. Such a great perspective um, that I think is very unique to your story. And, but, but no doubt about it, comparison, whether it be comparing it to your past or comparing it to somebody else on social media or comparing it to what you think where you think you should be right now, which I always remind people, there's no place you should be right now. Um, but, but regardless of that, um, man, comparison is such a killer. So well said, let me ask you this now, flipping the script for a second. Now you are a lead pastor. So I always love to hear answers to this question, uh, here on our podcast. What are some things you look for now in your team? You know, if you were to think of the team member, that's just like an uncommon team member. That's a word we paint over leading second a lot. Uncommon, like the kind of team member every pastor would kill to have on the team. You know, that team member. What Now that you're a pastor, what does that team member look like for you? Um, for sure, someone who's an uncomplicated leader. Mm, say that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> just, just someone that you know that when you're moving forward, with something that they're ready to run and you're yep. not having to push them, drag them. You just sense them by your side and they're running with you. And so they're not a drag, but they're also not, you're not having to exert um, an effort to try to convince them. And, and then you're also not having to constantly listen. I'm all about like, it's our responsibility as a leader to, to lead people and move people. And we, we have, you know, um, everyone is in process, but 
for for a leader to have people that are with him or her and have a confidence that hey they're they're running with me and and they're yep. doing it in an uncomplicated way they're not always pushing back they're not always you know questioning there's not drama that follows meetings with them you know um so i would say that's a big one of uncomplicated leaders man we could do an episode just on that that is such a good answer uncomplicated leader um man i'm gonna chew on that for a little while um i do have one more question for you on just a bit of a different note i was actually in a meeting recently here at my home church with some of our team which by the way you probably don't know it you are an absolute legend around here very highly respected around our team and office so i was just mentioning that we were having this conversation today and i had this question come up so if you want to take a a question more from a creative bend uh, as that is a lot of your background, actually. Um, yeah. and, and I consider you to be a very creative leader. Um, so creatively, how do you process being stuck? So being stuck maybe with coming up with the next big idea. I mean, when I think about your previous church, no doubt there were some big ideas and some yeah. big creative you know, platforms that you all built. Um, how do you process being stuck? And even now, you know, with, with, pioneering your own work and church. Um, what's that looked like uh, for you? Yeah, I would say being stuck is part of the process. Mm. You know, it really, it really is because every, every creative has moments where they feel like they're hitting the wall or they feel like their mind is a blank. They're just like, man, Christmas is coming and I've got nothing, you know? Yep. <laughs> and, and that place of being stuck there's a desperation that that comes, and really, I think in a moment, uh, there's a there's a great openness that comes, and so I think that um, I don't think you should try to avoid stuck moments. I think the moment that you're stuck, if you will just um, you know fight for um, for inspiration, fight to to push into that silence of like. Oh my gosh, I don't have any, you know, ideas. Um, it, it'll actually, I, I think you would probably, if you ask any creative, some of their best songs, some of the best, you know, stories they've they've written, it, it came out of a moment of where they felt like I'm stuck, and then out of nowhere they have this, you know, aha or eureka moment, you know, so. So just knowing that being stuck is part of the process. And then I would say, you know, this is sort of an obvious, but just, you know, don't create alone. Don't don't be the lone creative guy that feels like he's got to be or she's got to be the one with the the, the idea all the time. There's nothing there's nothing like um, creating in a collaborative setting. And uh, then I would say, like, embrace your embrace your your limitations. And this is where I am as a church planner. You know, I I went from a place that had a you know fifty five million dollar budget to you know a place now where you know we're, we're pinching every penny. And if what I could do is just say, oh well, we don't have the money right now, so we're just not going to do anything creative. And you have to like embrace your limitations and allow your you know your limitations to kind of be your to be your friend and let it spur on, you know, creative ideas. 
Totally. I mean, I, you're saying something really brilliant here that I hope everyone picks up that lack of resources and lack of ideas feeling stuck actually create a very, very powerful force in your life called urgency. And, and oh. when, when you feel like you know exactly what you're doing and you have all the resources you need to do it, there's actually a, a, a laziness that comes with that. Yes. And so you're, you're tapping into something here that's difficult to get to, but is powerful and, and, and creative with teams when it comes to urgency. Um, so well said. And, and again, thank you so much for talking with us again today for a few minutes. I want to ask you one final question from the heart, from the gut today. I love asking this question of people we talk to. Um, why do you love the local church? What is it about God's church that matters to you that has changed your life? God's church um, is the primary manifestation of his kingdom on earth. And I am overwhelmed with the idea that, number one, God rescued me, that he, 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 he brought me out of darkness and into the light. But then number two, he invites me to a table where he then says, go and get anyone else that will come and get them here. And when I think back to my rescue story, number one, I'm just like full of awe that God gave me grace. But then I think now he's also invited me to be a part of extending his kingdom here on earth through the local church, um, that's, that's a very personal thing, um, you know, gifted to me by the God of the universe. It's, it's an unbelievable thought. So good. And I, I pray at the end of the day that everyone who listens to this space, if, if this podcast and our voice does nothing more um, I pray that everyone listening will just find themselves falling more and more in love with God's church, you know, not more and more in love with our position or opportunity or what we get to do or the platform we get to stand on, you know, but just more in love with the rescue mission we're on. And, um, I, I think if we can all just remember that and allow God to break our heart all over again, I think we'll get a lot of things right. Amen. Hey, um, thank you, my friend. Thanks for joining us today. We love you. Love one place and love having you in our world. Thank you. Love you. And thank you for the opportunity. I love what you're doing. I believe so much in uh, this platform that you're building that God has uh, given you. And, and man, it's making such it's making such a difference. And I, I just I'm, I'm honored that you let me be a part of it today. If this podcast is resonating with you, we would love to hear from you. I want to encourage you to subscribe uh, to the podcast, to go back and maybe binge on some past episodes, uh, leave a rating, leave a comment, and even consider sharing the podcast with someone who may not be aware of it yet. We would count it an honor to speak into your life and into the life of your team every single Thursday. I also want to encourage you to join us for our final podcast episode for season one recording Monday night, November 26, 6 p.m. Pacific. We're going to record a live episode. You're not going to want to miss it. I'd encourage you to head to social media, find the RSVP link and let us know you want in. We'll send you the details and we'd love to have you online with us for our final episode of season one 
uh, recording. Well, hey, Leading Second, we love you. Uh, we believe in you. Uh, so thankful for you. Uh, until next time, let's run strong for the kingdom and lead in an uncommon way together.